1: That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 752, brought to you by... Mac Weldon. Go to macweldon.com slash iFanBoy for 20% off your first order. And iFanBoy listeners, just like you, washing your hands, wearing your masks, helping people out. Thank you. Welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week number 752. I'm Josh Flanigan and I'm here with my co-host Connor Kilpatrick. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are iFan <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Jim. <laughs> we are iFanboy and every week we read our stack of comics and one of us picks the one that they like the best and we call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book. We will talk about many Many comic books from the week, uh, <laughs> if that's week. necessary. The patron pick and some listener mail, if we have time, the, the goal here is joy. The goal is joy. That's what we're about. Do we ever achieve joy? Possibly not, but that's always the goal. I think we we, we touch it, joy. You know, like uh, if, you, if you're if you a kid or or, in fact, an adult of a certain height and you want to reach up and touch the basketball
0: mm-hmm. rim, but you
1: can't. I touched the bottom of the rim one time in my life. Like the the metal part that By holds jumping? it up. I got to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I could get the net, though. When I hit the net, that was like, well, this is the best I can do. Mm-hmm. That net is joy. <laughs> we brush against it. You can't hang up there. I have once. I, I reached up and I grabbed it and I held onto that net. And and even then, you, you only got so long before your fingers are like, no, this isn't going to work for us. Right. But you were there. Sure. That net is life and joy. <laughs> There's your very weak metaphor for the morning. Connor, you had the pick. Let's let's move along with a lot of comics.
0: I did have the pick, and there was
1: a lot of comics. I
0: don't – I think I read nearly 25 books this week.
1: I really didn't feel like I had that many.
0: I just had a lot. I, I posted my my pull list at the beginning of the week to our Patreon Discord. We have a pull list channel in there. And it, it changed drastically since the time I posted it to the time I finished reading I was like, oh, I forgot about this book and this book and this book, and I mm-hmm. – By the time I finished reading, it was 25 books or so. But the pick of the week was Deceased, Dead Planet number 4, Tom Taylor, Trevor Harrison, Gigi Baldessini, Rain Barreto, Saida, Timo Fante. Yep, Deceased again. Yep,
1: it was an easy choice. I texted Connor. I think I'd read two books. I think this was the second book I read. And I was like, did you finish your books? And you're like, I read most of them. I was like, did you read Deceased? And you're like, yeah, that's probably going to be it. (laughs) Because I was like. You know,
0: when it, when it's it, it's it. There was two issues this week. There was this one, and then there was the digital one which we'll talk about right after this one. I was thinking after finishing this issue, which was, I mean, honestly, head and shoulders above everything else I read this week. There were some other yes. g- good books, and there was some f- ones that for a while I thought might be the pick. I read this one, I think, last or maybe almost last. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first read Deceased, the original miniseries, it was a surprise for us. I don't remember if it was the patron pick or what. It was it was a surprise. And it was. We really loved it. When it was over, it was this nice little... Elseworlds miniseries that told the tale of the sort of final days of the DC Universe and that that was great. And then they announced the sequel and we were like, oh no, they're going to ruin it. But instead of ruining it, what they've done is they've created this really epic, sprawling tale. Mm -hmm. It's really become this big, big story with a lot of characters. You know, the, the, the first miniseries Pretty focused on a small group of DC characters. But now, we, in this issue, we, we go out to New Genesis and an Apocalypse, and we've got the new gods involved now. We're
1: spanning the DC universe.
0: It's become what events used to feel like, which is this epic tale of the entire universe, and it feels mm-hmm. important, and there's, there are stakes. And what's, and we talked about it before, but what's great is there are actual stakes. We don't know what's going to happen at the end.
1: Yeah. And also, there's no confusion about which character is which, because A, he's writing everything, right? and he's chosen whatever version of the character he most wants to have. Right. So, this is this version of Harley Quinn and this version of the new gods. And that's important.
0: And this version of Mr. Miracle that is basically the Tom King version, at least.
1: Which I found really interesting. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's, he's leaning into that, which is cool.
0: Yeah, so here, you know, in the past, they got a message from Cyborg who had been left on the planet. The surviving heroes had left with the surviving humans and gone to another planet. And they got a message from Cyborg to come back because there, there was a cure. And they found his head. And, you know, he said he, there was a cure inside of him. And so they figured out through the course of this miniseries that to unlock the cure, they need to use the technology of New Genesis. So they get a boom tube and they go. And here, it's sort of that, that gathering, the troops, they had they had retrieved Mr. Miracle, he's got the beard, he's angry because Bard is dead. And they end up taking him to New Genesis where he does not have a great relationship with everybody anymore, with Light Ray and Orion and, and High Father. <laughs> Shut up,
1: Light Ray. He had no time for him
0: There's a big revelation at the end Because before I'm going to get to Metron in a second Before Apocalypse had been wiped out You know it's just a a bunch of floating rocks Like like Krypton And then here by the end it sort of reforms itself As the Apocalyptians become zombies And it ends in a pretty major cliffhanger
1: And again those are the stakes So this happens in a regular comic book And And I go all right, That'll be the thing now that happens in this comic, and I think, oh, that's that's going to change things. It's going to be bad. Yeah, it's very bad. Who knows how this
0: story ends, and who knows if it even ends here? Well, it it could keep going.
1: Well, what's interesting to me about this issue, there where it became clear to me, is the whole time in this series, they've been talking about a cure. Mm-hmm. And this seems like, wow, you know what, actually, the original one is, oh, that's really sad the first miniseries, like, oh, that, you know, like, and the, the, you know, they they all lose. That's what this story is. And you can do that in an Elseworlds thing. Then when we come back to it, no, they might not lose. And then I go, oh man, you know what? This is a superhero story. Mm-hmm. Maybe it isn't actually going to be as subversive as it seems. Maybe it tricked us. And, and they come out in the end, which is which is an interesting thing because then it's different than what I had assumed it was all along. And I don't know if that's the case, but it makes me think, again, that there are stakes. I don't know what is going to happen. I can't predict it. You can predict what's going to happen in every comic book story out there other than one or two turns of a character or something like that. You know how it's going to end. When I watch movies with my kids, they'll get nervous about a part, and I'll go, the good guys win. They always do. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, And for a little while, this felt like this was not that, and I I just like that that supposition is in jeopardy, I guess.
0: And and even if they win, it's going to be sad because – yes. You can't cure Batman. He's a bunch of bones, you know? Like the, So they're going to have losses no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be like a neat and tidy ending where they're all happily walk, yeah. you know, walking off into the sunset. But here, I actually really like the scene with... And this is actually a good scene to talk about what you just talked about, where they have to find Metron's chair. Because Metron's chair, full power, cyborg's new body, and give him the proper knowledge to figure out how to Im- get the cure out of his body and implement it. And so they finally get Metron. They try to... At first, they try to beat him, a bunch of them try to like grab him and get him out of the chair. And also it was interesting that they made him like giant. He's not human-sized. He's like, oh, yeah, he's like human size and a half.
1: Metron is one of those characters that they don't use him a lot, but he's got a ton of weight to him,, yep. not physically, but you know, he, he's a lot of things. And I think reading those Jack Kirby comics that we did uh, relatively recently s- sort of put that into perspective. He's kind of a fun tool to be able to pull out.
0: Yeah, and so then they try to beat him up, and they can't. And he's like, what do you, I don't really care if you all die. I'm leaving. And Mary Marvel, who's become a major part of the story after being introduced in Unkillables, says, if we all die, so will all knowledge, and you won't have anything to collect anymore. So he goes, hmm, good point, and gets up. And Cyborg sits down. And I always love when characters sit in the Metron chair, because they get like the ultimate knowledge. And there's always some creepy foreboding. And Cyborg does not like what he sees, even though he does get the idea for the cure. <laughs> and, then, and then Metron... Sees the future and bolts. Like, fuck, <laughs> fuck this. So <laughs> something bad's coming.
1: This is a comic book trope I've realized. Is uh it starts way back. I mean it's probably earlier than this, but the earliest one that I can think of is Hawkeye in the closet. Whatever he right. saw in there was some serious shit. Right. So much so that no one ever talked about it again. <laughs> it just happened over in Thor. Yeah. Where Thor saw some shit and it was like, whoa. It's just happened here. I like that, but I I think that the Bendis method of just never mentioning is the best way to go because Mm -hmm. it can never live up to that. It's the inside of Marcellus Wallace's briefcase. Yeah, it's you don't you don't want that.
0: Metron sees the future via the crystal ball they got from Madame Xanadu. That was the the trade off. If you leave the chair, you can look into the future. And so he does, and he he sees. says, "I can't be here. I must leave now. Get to the chair and (laughs) leaves." So that's bad. So some, I mean, if it's if he saw. The Thing at the End, which I'm don't, I'm yeah. not i not going to spoil, but who knows what it was. But it could be, that, that would be great. If they never mention it again, that means it could be anything. It could be The Thing at the End. It could be, who knows. But, you know, there are certain people who are not thrilled we keep picking these books. But the thing is, this is the best comic reading right now for me. Like, these deceased <laughs> books. This story that Tom Taylor's created, this epic, sprawling tale, is the most enjoyable weekly comic reading that I do. Yeah. To me, there's nothing that touches it. Especially when the main book comes out, which Trevor Harrison draws, and he's terrific.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. It's really fun. It's it's funny because none of this was even a zombie book. If you take it out of the context of that, it's a Justice League, you know, B-team adventure on New Genesis. Right. Yeah. It's it's great.
0: (laughs) The characterizations are great. The art's terrific. I know Harrison may not be for everybody, but I think he's a great artist.
1: It is. It also, it just works. It it works perfectly with this story. It's one of those things like you might not, you know, you might not love his stuff over on some other book or whatever, but for this, like he's now part of it. It's ingrained in, in what this story is. And so when he's on it, you oh we're, we're on the, we're on the main path now. And this is, these are the two guys doing it.
0: And he gets to, he gets to really play with relationships because we're, we're, we're slightly in the future. The, the sidekicks are older, you know, there's all kinds of different pairings going on, you know, Damien Batman is with Cassie Wonder Woman and they're funny together. Damien's a very different Batman. And so there's all kinds of fun stakes to have, to have here. You know, super, Superman, Jonathan, it turns out he's, he's even stronger than his dad. And so
1: now he's even more formidable as a weapon.
0: Introducing the new guys never hurts the story. It only
1: makes the story better. Yeah, and they don't, they're not overused too much. Right. You know, so look, when they introduce it, and in, I will be honest, Having context in the New Gods probably helps a lot. So if you're a person who's reading comics and then they show up and you're like, I don't know what any of this is, I think it is worth your while to read some of the New Gods stuff. Mm-hmm. And then and then that puts all this DC Universe stuff in greater context. Because A, those are fun, enjoyable stories. And B, will make these kinds of in, in stories more enjoyable.
0: Well, as a kid, you know, you know, they came back in the 80s with the superpowers toys because they needed villains. And then they were sort of brought back into the fold of stories and it became a signifier of a major thing. you know, yeah. Like the Watcher showing up in Marvel stories used to be a signifier of a major thing. It used to be that when the New God showed up, it was like a big deal. This, this was like a serious story. And that sort of lost its way for a while, but I feel like in this particular point of this particular story, that's what that means. You know, where we've reached a mm-hmm. turning point in this story where it's a big deal that they're in.
1: Well, for a little while, they did the Joker thing with Darkseid. Like, he right. was around too much. Right. He was the big bad for a while, which is good because he's one of the only people who's actually, you know, formidable for Superman, but it was too much. They, it made him unspecial. So right. I think you're right.
0: And so between the characterization, and the terrific art, people often refer to the fourth issue of a six issue miniseries as the "Empire Strikes Back" part. You know, it's it's the mm-hmm. it's at the end of Act Two. Yeah. So things are looking rough right now for the heroes. And so that's a really great issue. Most of the time, I just revel in the characterizations. I revel in the art. I revel in the in the entire epic tale being told here. We're now into the fourth miniseries. Mm-hmm. Our fears did not come true. In fact, the story only got better and more interesting. I mean, clearly, it's selling well enough to justify four miniseries. So, again, because we're comic book readers, I hope this doesn't mean that eventually it, it gets diluted. But for right now, Tom Taylor has really crafted a really epic, epic DC story.
1: Well, I think it works It works like, you know, read the first League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right. Great. You know, read the slowly descending ones that follow it. Right. You know, but don't worry about those if you don't like them. Right. You know, whatever the one with the, with the 3D glasses was... All right, that's a little side project. That first <laughs> one, though. Is that Black Ducky? Yes, I think so. The one, the top shelf one. Yeah.
0: So then we go back in time with Deceased Hope at World's End 11, which I believe bu- must be the second to last issue, or the digital issue anyway, which will equal about six full issues. Here we're back on Earth, you know, during the breakout time with, with most of the sidekicks. It's mostly been about Damien newly as Batman, Jonathan newly as Superman, Cassie newly as One Woman, and then and Stephanie Brown as now Robin. And there's other characters around, Blue Beetle and Talia, Hawkman, things like that. But they're fighting off Black Adam. They have a a small group of humans, survivors on the island of Nantucket. And there's sort of a sanctuary there. And then, of course, Black Adam shows up with his zombie Adam Smasher and Hawkman to take them out. And so there's a big battle. And I just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop literally onto Stephanie. Because she hasn't been seen at all in the other books, and there's one point here mm-hmm. where it looks like she's going to get, sm- you know, smashed by Adam Smasher, and I was, I was like, oh, here it is, and then it doesn't happen. So instead, so they keep they keep teasing it out. This was super fun, and this was the this art. This issue was by Danielle D. Nicciolo, who did the Boom book that Tom Taylor's writing. Oh, right, right, right. Seven it's- Secrets. She's been the artist in that, so this is her. Okay, jumping in here. Jimmy Olson gets injured. He loses his eye. That's what we've seen in the future. He's got a night patch. This was also really fun. This is the fun action side of the story. I like this team of sidekicks now as the main heroes together. They're
1: fun. They are fun together, and it really has a next-generation feel in a way that a lot of the next-generation heroes haven't really worked out right. in a lot of places. It has a yeah.
0: legacy DC feel that DC used to be, used to be known for. You know, like, even if this is like an Elseworlds tale, this is like the next generation. And Listen, I don't love Damien, but he works here as Batman.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Black Adam's a really fun villain because he's got that Doom thing, but also it's more like Doom is Superman, mm-hmm. kind of, which is, I guess, odd, but it's different than that. But they've all got to work together. You know, there's a bit like, Jamie, can Black Adam crack your armor? I hope not. You know, like <laughs> hey. that's that. That's like, all right, here we go. That, that fun action movie thing where you're reluctant, but you've got to do it anyway.
0: And the stakes are super high because, you know, most likely, they will all lose to him. Now, uh, at the end, yeah, you know, at the end, Jonathan calls for help, and his dad shows up. So obviously, <laughs> that's
1: well, let's the also not Trump forget. Part. Let's not forget the historic impact of losing all the Jaws shooting locations. Right there, you go, because it takes place on the island of Man- N- Nantucket, and, and you know, wings. There was wings. By the way, brief aside. I saw Steven Weber in something the other day, and I thought, well, how come that guy hasn't aged? Yeah, yeah. And then also the other dude hasn't aged. So yeah, really. What were they drinking on the set of wings? I don't know. It was, it was something good. It was, it was it had guarana, whatever that is.
0: Jaws didn't take so, place on Nantucket. It took place in Amity. Nope.
1: Yeah, but it was shot there.
0: I know, but it didn't take place there.
1: I know. But I said shooting location. On. All right. Listen.
0: And so it, it, there's there's a sense of you know these kids can't win. It's a, it's a losing it's a losing battle against Black Adam because he is like you said Superman. So then, as he's pounding on Jonathan, he he's able to say call for Dad, and Dad is Superman half a world away, and he just he shows up, shows up very very quickly.
1: Yeah, you thought that he showed up quickly for Lois, like that's this is a whole other level.
0: <laughs> or it reminded me a lot of oh God, that great series, this Green Arrow Black Canary when. Oliver called for Superman when, uh-huh. when Connor got shot, as it turns out, by. Oh, time. yeah, yeah. That reminded me of that moment where he calls for help and Clark, like, mm-hmm. you know,
1: bolts there. This was. Also, what, in terms of a comic book page turn, and these are the half pages, so mm-hmm. I don't know how they'll set it up in the end. These two panels on the page is dad, his reaction, mm-hmm. and I guess that's, that's Lois next to him. I can't tell because. Yeah. And the next panel is him making contact with Black Adam. Yeah. Like, as you flip the page. And and I, I just I love that. That's a really nice bit of comic book pacing. pacing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that, you know it's one of those things that it's all it's always important to recognize that the medium does really well.
0: I read these back and f- back to get back. They're terrific. This is classic, yet modern DC. It's, it feels timeless. It feels epic. I mean, once these are all done, whenever these are all done, this is going to be one epic omnibus tale mm-hmm. of DC. It's 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 been my favorite thing in regular Wednesday comics for a while now.
1: And I mean, I can know it's going to be one whole book, but it's really fun to read serialized like yeah. this. I mean, they, this is what serialized comics are supposed to to feel like. And, and, and out of order,
0: honestly, it's kind of bizarre, yeah. but like reading deceased dead planet and then reading hope of world's end where, the, you know, the, they take place totally different times mm-hmm. in the story. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. fun.
1: Yeah. But they're also like, they're being done as issues. Yeah. The issues are pace like issues. It is not a chapter in a, I mean, it is a chapter in a book, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, each issue has its own stakes and rise and fall and cliffhanger and that's always this is good old comics
0: he can play with our expectations because he's doing out of order because you know like i said we we expect certain people to not be around anymore and so we we know they're in jeopardy and maybe they are maybe they aren't but
1: that's a high wire act my friend he's very good
0: tom taylor should be getting bigger i mean i guess this is really popular and sells a lot so maybe he doesn't need it but he should be moving
1: up yeah you know if i'm him I don't know that I want to go deal with <laughs> with the continuity of everything or with the different moves that happen like on like I'm thinking right. Now, I was like, put him on Superman. Yeah. You know, put that dude on Superman. And then I thought you know, I just talked to, to Gene Yang on our talk but we'll talk about that. And, and, you know, he was talking about how hard it was right. that, you know, your your plans are constantly shifting and moving. And it really, honestly, I've talked to a lot of comic people but that really put it into perspective about just sort of. How difficult it is to get a good story out of that when you're, you know, constantly trying to move with the whole team.
0: Oh, it's um, it takes. And he doesn't
1: have to do that here.
0: That's a different skill altogether. Yeah, exactly. Being able to write a great story within the confines of the, the continuity constraints. But let's talk about Thor number eight. Donnie Cates, Aaron Cooter, Matt Wilson, Josephino. This was my probably runner-up pick of the week until I read Deceased. I was like, "Well, that was great." This is mm-hmm. probably the pick, and then I read Deceased, and I was like, "Well, never mind." But this <laughs> is this was part two of the little two-part story, Hammerfall, in which. Thor decides he's gonna throw Mjolnir to Earth because it's it's feeling lighter and lighter. And he, as we talked about the last time, an old ex con garage guy picks it up and becomes Adam, and Tony Stark shows up, and there's a whole big mess. I love obviously the Ad- Aaron Cooter art is great. I love his sort of floppy haired, walrus mustached Tony. Because he doesn't look cool and hip. He mm-hmm. looks like a gym teacher. And <laughs> there's the one scene where he's like. On page uh, twelve of your digital reader, where he does not look cool, which I think is great. Yeah, I lo- What I liked about this issue a lot was Tony and Thor have a conflict, but then by the end of it, they're like, "Are you good? I love you. Be safe." Like mm-hmm. they're like brothers. They had like a brief moment of you know getting mad at each other. Tony hits Thor with the hammer, but that's not going to hurt him really. And then at the end of it, it's not like there. This is like an ongoing blood feud now. It's more like you good. I worry about you. You know, so it, that felt very real to me in terms of two guys who've been Avengers together for however many years.
1: And also, if you think about it, like, in terms of, you know, like, wow, but he really whacked him with the hammer or whatever, and they're threatening each other. Like, well, they wouldn't do that. They're friends. These are people who use violence all the time. Right. Earth-shattering, monumental violence. And they also understand kind of implicitly, too, like, I can't hurt this guy. He's a god. So you can really get frustrated. You ever want to just beat the shit out of your friend? Well, they can try it. Like, it, it'll be fine. And they and they don't you – know, you're right. I like that at the end. there. It's not a blood feud. That's a really good point. I don't think I had seized on that.
0: I wouldn't have liked it if it had ended and they were like, you know, next time, Tony. Like, I, I would have been probably yeah. pissed. But because they ended it and they were like, I love you, basically, you know, I hope you're okay. I'm glad this all worked out. I was like, okay, well, that's he understands. Tony Kate's understands that these guys are really, really close, and like you said, they use a lot of violence. And so, by the end, they're, they're like, we're, we're friends, and we we just worked out our little conflict. I also, again, like you said, you know, Tony attacks Thor, and Thor's like, I, you could do whatever you want. I'm a fucking god, and he <laughs> lays down the law with his godliness, and that was also. You know, good, and that sort of like that leads to their reconciliation. You know, like Tony's like, yeah, never. Mind.
1: I, I really like the page after that. So he's like, I am a god, and you are a tin man, and and then just off to the side is that other dude. Like, oh shit, what am I? What am I get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is awkward.
0: And then there's a very sort of sweet ending where he takes this dude yeah. flying because he, you know, he said if you pick up this hammer, you can be, the, you have the power of Thor, and he picks it up, and so this guy gets like a couple hours to be Thor. Trust learn to fly learn to land learns to you know spin the hammer and then he turns back into his old self and he you know drops the seed in thor's head that he needs to have another life as well as thor so then i guess we're gonna have the return of donald blake as as opposed to love donald blake so
1: it is great to have to have thor go into that for a while those are fun stories this
0: has been a nice really really nice resetting of thor this this eight issues so far Mm -hmm. it's been really terrific the art, the art in this Aaron Cooter's terrific. I love this costume design. I know I often hate the costumes and everyone makes fun of me, but I actually really like this door design. I mm-hmm. like the, the sort of rune on his chest. Yeah. It's very Norse. And it recalls the was it Ariel no Ariel Olivetti. Who designed this to win the one, the JMS one?
1: I think it was Ariel Olivetti. Was it? Yeah, I mean, he did the covers and everything. I'm not sure, but I know what you mean, and I love that costume.
0: The pants recall it. Mm-hmm. He's got the giant circles on his chest, so that sort of recalls the original one. So it's it's a nice little mix between the two.
1: He's got the knee things. As long as he's got the knee things, I'm fine. And don't really fuck with the helmet too much. <laughs> I and mean, right. that's kind of the key. It's like, it's like all the Captain America suits, the thing that bugs me the most is when they fuck with the top. Part the and helmet, ears? the hood, the whatever it is, yeah, uh, just all that. Like, don't mess with that part. That's the part that you need to see. It's iconic, you know. But as, as long as this has all the basic shapes that Thor's costume is supposed to have, I'm okay with it. Usually, The silhouette as uh, they say yeah. in the fashion world. Mm-hmm. Terrific little issue.
0: Terrific little two-part story. Great interpersonal stuff between Thor and Tony. Nice, sweet ending, and and Donald Blake. So. Nick Klein comes back next issue to kick off a brand new arc. Did you read Getting It Together from Image Comics from Sina Grace, Omar Spocky, Jenny D. Fine? I have two thoughts. Go Um, on. I'm, I'm of two minds. I really loved reading it. When's the last time you just read a comic like this?
1: Oh, my God. What's funny is that I had not known it was coming. It's a thing. I saw you put it on the list, so I checked it out. And all I read, I didn't look at the creators. I know Cena. Uh, like, I like Cena. I looked at the, the blurb and I was just like, oh, it's this. I haven't seen a story like this in forever. Like, so When's the last time image. you read
0: a book from a major publisher that was just a slice of life story about people?
1: Yeah, and their everyday
0: drama. I couldn't remember when the last time I read one of those was. I mean, Me It does, doesn't really do that anymore unless it's from somebody like Cena who has a long history at the company.
1: Right.
0: Now, that said, you feel like I'm not cool enough to read this book.
1: I feel old as shit. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if this is all just millennial slash whatever the people after them are, Gen Z jargon. Yeah. Like I don't know. <laughs> nice. A lot and like some of it felt very genuine and some of it felt like a uh, jargon. Like like yeah. this will be what and, and Cena's is not much younger than us. So Yeah, but he's probably oh, way he's more running. plugged into a different oh, yeah, lifestyle no, than we he's, are. He's running in different circles and, and that's fine. So I'd say it felt 80% genuine, and then a little more – I mean, but but that's uh, – I'm not you know,
0: prepared to say any of it's not genuine. I'm assuming his life is much different than Mars. I'm sure he's up on all the slang that we're not up on.
1: Sure, but some of it was a little heightened, like, what's her name? Like, the Gilmore Girls writer. You know, like, it's just a little lifted, a little Joss Whedon-y, which is fine. That's how – you know, Kevin Smith I'm, – I'm using all late 90s references, but still <laughs> – but they invented that kind of dialogue as far as i'm concerned and and it was a bit of that so even the words were different the tone i get the tone i understand but yes i felt old
0: yeah i mean it was just it was even in my 20s this was i did not live this much of a go-go lifestyle and i was out a lot
1: but mm-hmm. i mean i was like wow is this what's going on now? hey you know what you know what end of the yes i mean i know that the 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 basic moves of that are probably mostly true The thing that that sealed it for me at the end, though, the thing that I really liked is, you know, basically you got a guy and he's devastated about losing his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason for that is because they decided to have an open relationship and people didn't have these conversations when we were young. (laughs) This is a now thing, (laughs) which is fine. And she's in a band and the girl's brother is the guy's best friend. And so he's working as the in between. Meanwhile, he's having, you know, romps and relationships on his own. And then the end bit, you think you know what's going to happen, that like he's going to go beat up the guy that she slept with because he's also in her band. And he just doesn't. He just like he just asks for a hug. And it doesn't mean it's all resolved or whatever. It's just kind of sweet. And then his friend's like, you did a good job. And then again, friend says, I love you. And he's like, I love you, too. You can get away with a lot of stuff. If it's a story about characters who really care about each other, and you can, you know like all that that's all that matters. Like it's it's characters that care about each other and they're going through shit together. That always makes good stories.
0: I think I, I will say that what I thought about later was there wasn't a lot of tension because everyone was sort of relentlessly positive in mm-hmm. the way that this generation is parodied as. You know, everyone was the best version of themselves. You know, everyone was super sex positive. Everyone was super relationship positive the only tension really was this guy got his heartbroken then then the main character uh, met a guy on tinder they had sex and then the guy started like stealing the stuff which i guess i realized these are regular lives so the stakes are smaller mm-hmm. but everyone was the best version of themselves so that it makes it hard to have real interpersonal conflict when everyone is 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 the best
2: Do you
1: know what let I mean? me take let me take it this way though If this is the first issue of I don't know how many, Mm -hmm. this gives you a chance to get a read on the character, so that you know you're dealing with as you move forward. Sure. And so when shit starts to get harder or worse, and and let's let's, if I am writing this, and I think that you make a very good point, is the best version of themselves, and everybody's positive or whatever. That is a veneer. I mean, it, it, it not everybody can be like that that means there's something going on underneath and if you find a way to do this story where those things come together and the you know the suppositions about how people are are challenged in ways like there's there's ways to make that work i think mm-hmm. and that could be very interesting and and i think I, i've seen enough of cena's work in both his own stuff and you know even over on Iceman. like he, he knows he knows what to do mm-hmm. could yeah, be he's, really. he's a good writer yep
0: i'm definitely gonna read more although i didn't like feeling so old
1: I mean, that's just that's just how it's going to be. I want a story honestly, I want a story like this about 40-year-old people. <laughs> I mean, the last one I read was the Alex Robinson book. The um it's over there. I'm in it. Our expanding universe. Right. That was the closest that I can think of. Those people were really all in their 30s, but no one wants to read that. Well, <laughs> I do. It was exactly what I wanted. When I was 20, I read Box Office Poison And when I was, you know, 38 i read that book and no one tells these stories anymore yeah except the duplass brothers in movie like in movies and tv shows but it's still not exactly you know the, the same thing that i you know slice of life stuff is interesting man and and tv tends to over dramatize it and and comic it's a thing that comics have always done really well
0: jenny finds art is terrific really uh-huh. really, really terrific
1: yeah it worked
0: this is a good Apparently, record.
1: according to this, like, she's an illustrator, not a comic book person.
0: Well, she learned storytelling pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that was re- really fun, even if, you know.
1: I think we made it clear. <laughs>
0: um, now, did you check out American Ronin number 1? I did. From Pete Milligan and ACO. And this was published by, as I open up in my iPad, which is having problems. The upshot. I
1: better pull. It's Upshot. Pull it's, cord. um which is the company started by Axel Alonso and Bill Jemis, I believe. Mm. So, I will begin. Yeah, you begin because my app just crashed. (laughs) You may remember ACO or ACO or I don't know how you pronounce it. From, uh, uh, what was the, it was a Nick Fury. Fury mini that James Robinson wrote. And, you know, the story of that book was largely that, wow, look at this. Yeah. Look at this swirling scene of uh, buildings and stuff and and movement. It was like J.H. Williams III meets who's that guy? American Shaolin? Jeff Darrow. It was like a lot at the same time and very impressive and I think that that same guy was on show here and it really it was quite a thing to look at.
0: This publisher is AWA
1: Studios. Really? Yeah. But Upshot is the um, I don't know what that is. Upshot is uh, Axel Alonzo and Bill Jemis. Good. I'm 98% sure of it. Great cover, beautiful cover, striking colors and everything. And you got Pete Milligan who did the great final run on Hellblazer and many, many things before that. And has done a lot of books. I've liked some of them. I haven't liked others. What was that series he did with Leandro Fernandez for Vertigo before it was over? He did a, there was a great series there. Mm. I, I didn't love the story. <laughs> well, it's
0: almost like a less dystopian version of Lazarus. It's very okay. close. The story here is that mega corporations, you know, really run the world, and each mega corporation has its own genetically enhanced soldier, which sounds a lot like Lazarus, and its genetically mm-hmm. enhanced Lazarus, Lazarai. Mm-hmm. Where there, it's a, the families who started off as corporations, I guess, and then that became way more like dystopian. This is a world that's pretty much recognizable to ours, except for the fact that yeah. behind the scenes, the the mega corporations really run everything, and they all have their soldier. I read that, and I was like, this is like the early days of Lazarus, right? I mean, it's very close. It's a very specific mm-hmm. story. And so here, it's mostly about this one guy, this American Ronan, the American version of whatever they're called. I don't remember what the names were. Tracking down this one head of a company, tracking him through the whole issue, and then finally killing him. And his power is that he is like super empathy. If he can get he your gets DNA. He some of
1: their DNA, yeah. Yeah.
0: He can inject your DNA into his body, and he knows your memories, your thoughts, your fears, your hopes, your dreams. And then he can amplify that back to you and get and make you do what he wants you to do. And here he gets the CEO to kill himself and Like it wasn't a bad comic. The art helped a lot. Hmm. But it was just bizarrely so similar to Lazarus that I was I felt weird about reading it.
1: I will tell you, I didn't even put that together. Only like I didn't catch the part about there being super soldiers for each corporation. I was just I was looking at it in terms of like there's a there's an upper, upper, upper ruling class, and this guy who has some sort of power is is against it. I think uh, I read it was, that
0: in the, like the, I went, looked up the issue. Uh,
1: okay. I don't yeah, know that that so was in the summary, k- if k- you look
0: in the summary, the war is over, democracy is an illusion, real power now lies, not with nation states, but with huge corporations engaged in a silent war for global domination. Their number one weapon, highly skilled, technologically enhanced operatives trained since childhood to pledge their allegiance to the corporate flag.
1: See, I caught all that stuff, but I hadn't put it in the context of that other thing. Like, I, you know, like they were trained from age 10 to protect the guy. And I was like, all right, so they're, really rich people. I mean, basically, that's the way that I looked at it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, the idea of the corporations and the rich people the ones rule in the world, that doesn't mean it has to be a dystopian future. That's right now. Right. And so, oh. you know, you put all that other stuff around it, it was very hyper-stylized mm-hmm. in a way that comics of a certain generation are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not necessarily bad, but it's very... I, I picture a very loud soundtrack, you know, in a part of a Guy Ritchie movie where there's a lot of shit happening and it's pounding at you and they're moving around and it's really interesting. But there wasn't a quiet moment to sort of grab onto. The, maybe I, like the main character guy. I don't know anything about him. I don't care anything about him. The corporation dude that he's going after, that's a cipher. Like, you know, we don't need to like we get what he is, but it's it's not a character that we had to know anything about for it to happen. So what happens to him doesn't matter. It's just it's prey. And it's a lot, it's a very sensory overload sort of situation, mm-hmm. you know, and then another bad guy comes along and he has weird red glasses you know well,
0: he's an, he's one of the only other soldiers now they've
1: yeah they've, I know I know, but like like the the point is just overall, you know that's fine it, you know like it, but outside of the art, it didn't really stand out as anything it, it's yeah uh, i mean know,
0: I thought it was a very well done comic book you know it's, if
1: you it's, want this type of comic book.
0: Milligan and ACO are, are talents. I have no complaints about the actual book itself. It just it just felt very bizarrely, very similar to a book that's already been out that we like a lot, and I realize that a lot of superhero books are the same as other superhero books, but this is very similar to another book out there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, he maybe
1: he's just not aware of it, but shouldn't his editorial team be aware? Okay, but, AWA is mm-hmm. the artist and writer's artisans mm-hmm. and I guess upshot is a line of those chief creative officer Axel Alonso chief executive Off- officer Bill Jemis and then someone named John Miller is the board chair their creative counsel is we're gonna be all over the place here so I need you to just hang tight mm-hmm. Straczynski mm-hmm. Reginald Hudland mm-hmm. Garth Ennis mm-hmm. Garth Ennis is the only one without a professional photo here because he's holding a pint glass and shooting it from below <laughs> Greg Herwitz, whose name I remember but he's a yeah. TV guy who did comics, Sounds like Margaret it. Stoll, mm-hmm. and, of course, Frank Cho. Wow. Yeah. It's like the late 90s. We're like, hold on! <laughs> late 90s, Vertigo and Marvel came through uh, and, and tried to do a thing. I remember I got a big I got a thing in the mail once. It was like a, a big black-and-white sort of catalog that had bits and pieces of, of their stuff. They want to fix our profoundly broken industry, make a lot of money, and have a lot of fun. That's their mission. Okay. So... There you go.
0: So I assume you won't be checking out issue two, then.
1: I don't know. Probably not. I think it's interesting for a lot of ways. Also, the you know a new publisher trying to like you know, like it's one thing for us to say all those things. Axel Alonso has made a lot of real good comics, mostly mm-hmm. from '94 to 2000. But Axel Alonso and uh, and Garth Ennis somewhere on the same team. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that publisher.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, maybe you will. Maybe you won't.
1: What you're not gonna watch. Is anything that has to do with a physical representation of my Mac Weldon underwear, but I will talk about them.
0: <laughs> you're not going to send out any product shots of you modeling the underwear to Instagram?
1: No one, no one, no one wants any of that, mostly me. <laughs> but what you need to know is that I feel good. Yeah. And that's really the important thing because Mac Weldon is better than whatever it is you're wearing right now. It's a premium men's essentials brand. They believe in smart designs and premium fabrics. I can back those things up. MacWeldon offers industry-leading underwear, but they're much more than just that. They are a one-stop shop for men's basics of all kinds. You've got socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, Vesper polos in four-way active shorts. They're the longest-lasting, highest-quality items on the market today. It's good stuff. You've got really comfortable stuff. You have silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they don't get as stinky. They want you to be comfortable if you do not like your first pair of underwear. You do not like them. You've, you, you go, you purchase them, you, I put these on, these are not going to work for me. They will refund you. Keep the underwear, no questions asked, that's it, but you'd be doing yourself a disservice is what I'm saying. Not only do they have the socks, shirts, underwear, they perform really well, it's good for all of the things you do, working out, going places, or just being at home all the time, because Really, it starts at that base layer. Right. If you're going to be comfortable being at home all the time, and then you can build out from there where there's other stuff they can put there. So, Connor, what's uh, what are you what are you wearing? Well, what are you wearing right now?
0: It's gray. <laughs> did some laundry earlier in the week, so I did. I had two days in a row Macwell and underwear post-laundry days. But the thing is, like, we don't go anywhere, so not wearing a ton of underwear. Hello. Not going what? out. You know, what do I wear gonna... underwear if you're at home? No, i wear like I throw on some gym shorts. Be that's not underwear, though. Right, exactly. What do I need dinner wow. for? I'm not going anywhere. So I wear a lot of the Mack Weldon shorts that I bought recently. I, I wear the, uh, the gym shorts, and I have a really comfortable pair of swimsuits. That Sometimes I'll
1: just, I'll just throw on a swimsuit. Huh.
0: You know, when it's really hot. You want fewer layers. But you still want to be comfortable and look stylish. So sure. That's what I do.
1: All right, that's a good time. Yeah. I, on the other hand.
0: You're a weirdo who gets fully dressed every day.
1: I do, immediately. I get dressed. I find the clothes that I would want to be in if I was going somewhere. I don't like. I don't like not getting dressed. Also, it's it's winter, so I get to put clothes on. It's you know we're getting into sort of cold weather, so I get to put clothes on, which I'm excited about. I wear shoes all the time. Like I, I'm into that. You're strange. Well, you say that a lot, but usually it just means I'm different than you.
0: No, it's strange to wear shoes in their house every day. That's strange.
1: Be strange. Embrace it. I have to. also, it helps my plantar fasciitis. Anyway. <laughs> Those socks don't do anything for that. I'm not going to make that claim. That has nothing to do with that. Uh, but I did get like a bunch of stuff recently, and it, like when they're then they're new, I'm like, I can't wait. I'm like, oh, I've gone through the new ones in the cycle. I have no not Mac Weldon underwear at this point. I don't know if I've made that clear.
0: You cycled it all through.
1: I went all in, and and they seem to be lasting longer than all the other stuff I've had, so that's fine. Last night, I got to wear my Ace sweatpants because it was it was just it was perfect for it. It's all good. I'm, I haven't used the radius pant in a while, but it's getting to be that time of year. So I just pulled those out too. It's uh, a good now time. You can, get, you can enjoy the full complement of Weldon gear just, as it gets cooler. I could. Let's see. I could theoretically do socks, pants, underwear, and shirt. And then I also have a little accessory bag mm-hmm. that I got from them. So I could carry that around with my toiletries. You should do that one day. Then, yeah, then take a I photo should. of that. That's okay. Yeah. And maybe I'll do one little sexy photo where I pull down the edge of my... No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's not do that. Uh, the people at Mac Weldon have created their own totally free loyalty program, which, by the way, makes it easier to make all those changes in your wardrobe if you want to go through there and get the premium stuff. Level one, which first order gives you free shipping for life. And once you reach level two by spending $200, Mac Weldon will start giving you 20% off every order for the next year. Hmm. Pretty great. 20% off your first order. You don't have to do any of that. Just the first one in. Go to macweldon.com slash ifanboy and enter the promo code ifanboy. I cannot emphasize enough how you have to do those two steps at the end. Don't just go in there Mm -hmm. willy-nilly and not get your 20% off. No. You get your 20% off, but specifically use the promo code ifanboy at macweldon.com slash ifanboy. And obviously you people are doing that because they keep coming back and asking us to talk about it more, which we're always excited to do because it's good stuff. So thank you. Batman 100.
0: Yeah, I got a lot of comments to talk about. So, our long national nightmare is over. The Joker War is done with Batman 100. I wanted to mention it because, again, I mean, Jorge Jimenez is just doing career work in this in this storyline. And I think he's going to continue on the book from what you said online. There was a lot of really fun scenes in which sort of the Bat family has gotten back together. You know, Nightwing is back. He's back from his brain injury. Or his hypnoto- hypnotosis. That's what I was about to say, which is not a word, but that was what was coming out. And Barbara takes up the, not the mantle, but the, the position of Oracle to help coordinate. So you, you've got a very classic Batman feel here where she's coordinating the teams and he's running around and they're flirting through the, the comms. And then you've got, you know, Tim and Jason and the signal, no one cares about the signal and Stephanie and Stephanie and Cassie are wearing those suits from the other issue I talked about with the bat signals on them. So Cassie's wearing her old black Batgirl costume and. It just feels very classic Batman in those scenes of them fighting to save Gotham and beating up on Punchline. But ultimately the problem with this story has been the problem the entire time that I never thought I'd say this it kind of needed to be Snyder length like 12 issues. Because it just no shit. It just moved too quickly. There was no groundwork laid. Everything happens very fast. Like, all of a sudden, the Joker had control of Wayne Enterprises, and all of a sudden, he had control of Gotham City, and all of a sudden, it was over. And it's just like, this amount of story of this supposed import, you need to really make it seem earned, and it just it just happened so quickly, and it was over so quickly. And it really felt like it needed to be either seeded in other stories earlier, or you really needed to give it like the full 12-issue treatment. It just, one of the other, one of them, because it just, it just didn't Would feel... Would you
1: have wanted to read that for that long?
0: If it was done well, sure. Would it... It, it, This much going on, it just felt like all of a sudden it was happening and all of a sudden it was over and that's not enjoyable either because you, all these big things are happening and it's like, wait, how did, how did, how did the Joker take over the company in one issue?
1: What well, sounds like... What... How did he
0: start I mean... running the city in one issue? It's just like, it doesn't, it didn't, just because he has a lot of money?
1: One option is to make it longer and the other thing is to... You know, take some out, kill your babies. You know, like doesn't that's the that's the hard part. Yeah. Well, I didn't read it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it it just didn't
0: work at any level really, other than the art, and it's just, which is that's it, always
1: that's always sad.
0: And the thing is, like, it's issue 100. Who cares? It's not you know who knows what issue number it really is.
1: It doesn't. It's not really issue 100. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. So that's whatever. <laughs> Happy anniversary. It's just Thursday. Happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it is what it is. Do You know it's delightful. What's that? Spy Island number two. Spy Island was delightful. Spy Island has been a real treat. I'm gonna keep saying this. I think Chelsea Kane is a real fun voice in sort of that modern matt fraction hawkeye sort of mold, but with her own uh, perspective on it. Primarily all female creative team on this, outside of the letters. It's just a beautiful, fun book. There's all you know, it's the same thing she's doing in Maneaters with those sort of ads. Yep you know, that sort of give you that sort of look at the culture. It is not serious, but with weight, you know, it's funny cause there's a, I don't know that it's a super, ele- supernatural element, but you know, there's killer mermaids and Krakens and stuff. Yeah. But in this, it's just sort of part of life there. It's fun. There was actually a plot reveal in this that I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That concerned the mime. I, I really dug it. I was, it was one of the last things that concerned the mime. And I'm leaving that right there. You can do whatever you want with those words. Yeah. No, I, I thought this was super fun. Yeah. Beautifully designed. When I see these, these are out, I get, I get very excited. I get very happy.
0: You know, if I was like putting them into rankings, this would be my top grouping of books this week. Yeah. Yep. I really enjoyed Norse mythology. I'm sorry. Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology, number one. Which was... <laughs> you got to
1: put, put his name on there with a title like that.
0: Which is funny because it's just Thor. Which is funny because Thor is just Norse mythology. It's the same. Th- it's the same thing. The same stories. The same characters. So it's it's just Thor stories, kind of. I mean, it's the same thing. And so yeah, you know, here what really drew me to this was he had a top shelf flight of artists doing these three short stories. He had Pete Craig Russell, who used to be a big name, doesn't really do a lot of work anymore, but when he does, it's a big deal. And then Mike Mignola. and then a, the last story is by Jerry Ordway, three artists who you don't see very much. At least I don't see very much. And it, was, and it looked terrific. The stories were fun. Mignola's story was great. I loved the story about the wisdom well with Odin, and that's how he lost his eye. I didn't know. I know. I don't. I'm not a Norse mythology expert. I didn't know about how Odin lost his eye, and that was interesting. And then I love the way that Mignola draws lightning bolts. It just looks so craggy and not real. Mm-hmm. It's great. And then Jerry Ordway's story about Loki cursing Sif, who is Thor's wife, to lose her beautiful blonde hair, and you know, angry redhead Thor shows up to beat him up and wants the hair back, and it's actually going to continue in an issue, too. I thought this was really fun to read. I liked reading it a
1: lot. It was fun. It was beautiful. And, and like, I was looking at the artists and having fun with it. You know, you know what you're going to get with P. Craig Russell. That's right. his thing. And you know what you're going to get with Mike Mignola. And then I kind of forgot about the last bit, and I, I finished it. I was like, Wait, who is that? And I was like, Ordway. Hell, yeah. You still got it. Totally got it. I guess one of the other things that I just found really interesting about it is that it was kind of devoid. It's like Neil Gaiman was writing it, but it was kind of devoid of any stylism. It was very like here. Here's the thing, and in the skill that he brought to it, was just distilling that stuff down into well, things it that are easily was co-written
0: by him and Peter Russell.
1: Oh, there you go. But also, I, I mean, the other thing is, I just I like how much of the Thor Marvel version is pretty close to this stuff. Like they didn't like like you know Kirby and and Lee. You know they just they just did these stories for a while. And Marvel's actually done a pretty good job of just keeping that there the whole time. You know, yeah. like it didn't get so far away from the original, which is really interesting. It's a long history. It's 50 years. They hew pretty close to real mythology in Thor somehow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Which, by the way, tells you how great those stories are. Yeah. You know, we're still getting Loki stories out of this whole thing. You know, and the characterization is all right on. Is it? So that's fun. Isn't Gaiman doing like a Norse book? I mean, that's what american gods was
0: no i think he's doing like an actual norse book
1: but maybe i
0: could also be wrong
1: he loves gods that guy
0: amazing spider-man number 49 or 850
1: guess what hand gesture i'm doing right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know what fucking embrace your numbering or don't
1: it's really getting to. it's ridiculous
0: so this was a sort of Giant, almost 90 pages, tour de force with Ryan Otley, Humberto Ramos, and Mark Bagley doing the art. And The the thing is, on the one hand, I really enjoyed the story of Peter and Norman having to survive together through this onslaught of Sin Eaters and then Juggernaut. But then, on the other hand, it pretty heavily references and dives deep into the thing I most hated about modern Spider-Man, which is the totem spider web of life thing. Mm -hmm. And I hate that part. I really hate that part. I think if there's one hero you don't make into some sort of mystical totem, it's Spider-Man. You take away the everymanness of Peter Parker and what he did and his choices when you make him like this thing, this mystical thing, and so then the other characters are in the web of the, you know the, the whatever the fucking web of life. The, the other Spider characters watching him. It's just I hate I hate that.
1: I gotta say that I didn't love this. I had a hard time with the squaring of norman Osborne and spider-man working together like it was kind of okay for a while but i just couldn't i feel like they couldn't quite settle on what the tone of that was because it was like this is so wrong This is kind of fun this is and i guess that that works but for some reason it didn't i think that is the tone where i know he's conflicted about it i know i love it that's my point when you have all the spider-man people mm-hmm. standing around i just was like this shouldn't be there's too many of these people <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and even if i like some of the characters on their own it's not Batman. I, I don't think it works. I think Peter Parker works better. I think you were, you were saying this. Like, he works better on his own. He's, he's got, like, a little, like, I don't fit in this. Mm-hmm. And if there's eight people following him around, like, he's their uncle and they're all spider versions, that's yeah. less good, I think. Also, uh, Bagley. There's one lady with the glasses. And the glasses look dumb to begin with. The spy- whoever that is, the spider totem. But they look different in every panel. Hmm. (laughs) I was like, come on. (laughs) Maybe that's a superpower. Yeah, okay.
0: Also, Juggernaut underneath his helmet doesn't have a helmet shaped head. He has a regular head.
1: I was very confused about that.
0: And so when when Sinator absorbs his powers, he suddenly has a Juggernaut helmet shaped head, and I was like, but that's not what's going on under the helmet. He's just a regular dude. Mm -hmm. Who's giant and strong, but he's not like has like a weird juggernaut helmet head. I guess that was they were trying. I guess they were using it as a visual metaphor to show that this is this is guys with the Juggernaut's power. But man, that's just not what he looks like.
1: I didn't understand who that was. I get like Sinier. they kept calling him. I know, but why was Sin Eater?
0: When he shoots Juggernaut. them with a gun, he also gets their powers.
1: Oh, so right. he, he, okay. he neuters
0: their, them, takes their powers away, and he, he, he absorbs them.
1: I forgot about that part.
0: So he shoots Juggernaut and gets his powers.
1: I I, but I he I, had the outfit and everything.
0: Well, he's wearing the senator outfit. He just he just he just has the head
1: of Juggernaut. Whatever. Yeah, I know what you mean though. I, I just I do it, love the way he not... draws Green Goblin though. Absolutely, hundred percent. I love the Green Goblin has a a satchel, and they've never gotten away from it. Like that's a terrible idea. You need a third stabilizing strap for that thing.
0: Oh, especially um, if it's supposedly full of pumpkin bombs. It's like Mary Poppins' bag. It's just infinite pumpkin bombs in that satchel. You're, which I you're love.
1: right. Not even one would fit in that thing. Maybe two without Maybe. without no, but like the lines would be wrong. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's comic logic. I don't care. I really like how they've stuck like don't redesign that costume ever, ever,
0: ever, ever, ever. Well, they ever, tried ever. when the no. movies came out. He became Mecha Goblin, and, and that was that terrible. Was terrible.
1: Yeah, terrible. it may have been more realistic, but it was terrible. No one needs. It. I'm not enjoying this anymore. I gotta say, you're gonna stop reading it. I want this part to be over. 850
0: is a good jumping off point.
1: Nah, I, I want this story to be over and I want you to get back to what it was before because what it was before was Spider-Man that I was into.
0: Spider-Man, Marvel's Snapshot. Is that the way the title goes It's the other way around? Yeah, it's Spider-Man, Marvel's Snapshot. Yeah. And so I, I read Howard Chaikin, Spider-Man, and I was like, well, that's going to be interesting. And Howard Chaikin said, fuck that, I'm not doing a Spider-Man story. And I, I thought it was fine because I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I did a great story about... A criminal who didn't make a great criminal, didn't want to be a super criminal, had a little hard time getting out, and then did. And (laughs) I was like that's it was. I was like, Oh, let's have a win because all these things always turn into morality plays about how, you know, once you're in it, you can't get out. His buddy tried to pull that on him. But it
0: didn't work. He's like, No, I'm gonna leave. I also couldn't tell Ronnie was a creep. I couldn't tell what era this was taking place in because it was like kind of eighties esque Hairstyles Rise and clothing, but then the, at one point they mentioned how many years superheroes had been around, and I did the math, and that would have put him in like 1974 or five or something. That definitely wasn't how the characters looked.
1: I think it was funny that like his dream girl that he met was like not that attractive. No, <laughs> <laughs> she had bad hair. She wore a headscarf. Yeah, it's cool. it's fine. It's fine. It's, it was good, but all that made it good. Like I liked that stuff about what it. What
0: I liked fun. about it was the idea that. It's again, it's the Marvel thing. It's like all these regular people living in the city. The device he uses is that the radio, the news radio, is constantly talking about the superhero fights, and people are Bill McNeil here. People are complaining about it. And so, in the background, you're constantly seeing superheroes fighting villains like on the rooftops as the characters walk like on a date or whatever. But it was never part of the story, really. Like, there's the one page, page uh, 20, where you know the guy and the girl are walking, and in the, in the first panel, you see Daredevil and somebody fighting in the background and they're, they're back again at the bottom. They're just, but they're just, they're just in the background. They're not part of the story. There's only really one part with Spider-Man. that sort of interacts with the characters and that's, it's important, but not like the big deal. And it's just, I thought it was really fun and all great shaking. I thought,
1: yeah, good shaking. It was fun. Some
0: of the better shaking in a while. Good to read. And then finally lock and key and pale battalions go. Number two, Joe Hill, Gabriel Rodriguez. I just want to mention, because this is a short three part story. If you recall the first issue, kid uses the power of the keys to open a door to go help fight world war one and he takes some of the magical keys with him so in this issue we jumped a little bit ahead and he's been using the keys effectively as some the sort of not a secret agent but like he's he's in the shadows he doesn't want to people to know he's this ma- magical person using the keys unfortunately it all goes wrong for him towards the end in which he gets injured and has to escape and uses the key to open a door back to his home Uh, But he doesn't close it all the way so a bunch of German soldiers follow him and so now they've appeared into his house in Maine. They're in Maine and they're very confused and they accidentally kill somebody in the house. So it it was a nice little twist and also up until the very end we're we're sort of following these two German soldiers whose job it is to investigate what has happened on missions. And they're becoming very disturbed and disillusioned with the German government and army because the Germans are using chlorine gas in violation of various treaties... And they, when they complain to their boss, the boss is like, fuck that, we're going to use gas on the French. You can see the mentality turning towards Nazism, even if it hasn't been called that yet. It was a really good issue. I think you'd actually really like this, Josh, even if you know nothing about Lock and Key. You don't really need to. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Those are a lot of books we could have talked about. I would love to talk about Black Widow. There was a lot of great comics this week. But we have to move on. We're already long. We're already way long. Yes. Uh, Patreon pick. Patreon.com slash ifanboy. So you can go to vote to add a book to the rundown. This week, by a very slim margin, American Vampire 1976, number one, beat out American Ronin, number one. American Vampire 1976 is by Scott Snyder, Raphael Albuquerque, Dave McCaig, Steve Wands. And this is the first new issue of American Vampire in I don't know how long. A book that we really loved back when it was coming out. This current issue is from Black Label because Vertigo doesn't exist anymore. And my biggest problem, as a big American Vampire fan, which I am, is I had no idea what was going on or who anybody was because it's been so long. I recognize the names. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. uh, Skinner right. Sweet yeah, and, that. And, and Pearl and Jim Book. I've, I have vague recollections of their backgrounds, their relationships. I mean, this is pretty heavily in the, in the mythology. They're looking for some sort of cure. and A recap page would have
1: helped. Something. I do not believe that in comics... One should have to go back and reread. No, what had come before? Because a, I don't know where that shit is. Yeah, and b, uh, uh, it's just it's not that's not the nature of the medium, and so you need to a TV show that comes back Previously uh, from on. a season. For, yes, is a previous. You need this needed a recap page in a big way, at least a rundown of characters,
0: or written in such a way that gives you that information in the story. I mean, yes, this is, well, this is not a book that was. That came out like six months after the last issue or a year after. This is, this is, this is like years a half a decade. And, this is years and years ago. You got to help me here. You yes. got to help me here. Again, yeah. big fan. I own Vampire Collections. I loved the book when it was coming out. It was pick of the week a yeah. lot. Yeah. But
1: I was not 100% lost, but I was like 80% lost. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. It needed, we needed some help. And, and I think that it owed us some help and didn't give it. Did Skinner Sweet give up his powers? I, I don't remember that at all. I
0: don't remember. Did it happen in between the stories? You know what else did I, I didn't even
1: remember. I don't even remember, I didn't remember the timeline where I, yeah. I don't know what year we were in when we stopped. I was like, did the old book, was it before 1976? I thought it was present day. I did too.
0: I don't know. It was hard. I mean, I, I know you don't love Albuquerque. I'm a big fan of Albuquerque's art. I thought it looked great.
1: Yeah, that's all true. I mean, I be, but the thing is, though, it's important is we're going into talking about this and yes. I'm guessing if we were very, very familiar with all the material that had come before, then we would have a different take on it. But mm-hmm. we are going to talk about how we experience this in real life. Yeah. And I think that that's important.
0: Yeah, so Skinner Sweets, at 76, he's like, he's like Evil Knievel or, or Johnny Blaze. Mm-hmm. He's a stunt driver and almost suicidal in a way because he's been around a long time. He's been, he was you know, one of the first vampires turned.
1: And he misses being that, it's, right. uh, it seems like. So I, I, he's I even guess. more frustrated.
0: And so then uh you know all to the side there's some people looking for some sort of cure thing that was the part where I was really lost and then you know this guy shows up to Travis Kid I don't remember that guy at all he's a DJ vampire hunter and that was cool Wasn't could... he the one who was like the Elvis guy? Probably.
1: From the 50s <laughs> one like, but like that's as much as I remembered.
0: I thought using sunlight to bouncing it off the disco ball and disco full of vampires was a fun Yep, device. I thought that was a fun scene. Didn't that uh, happen in one of the Blade movies? I had never seen any of the Blade movies, so the uh. first one. Yeah, and then there's, just, there's a fight, and then there's a whole thing. And then Pearl saves Skinner, and then Jim Book shows up, and I was like,
1: I don't remember any. of like I remembered who Pearl was. I was like, oh, she yeah, had yeah. the husband, and he got old, and she didn't, and and there was that, but but she was kind of a good guy, but also she's a badass killer vampire thing. Yeah. And I liked. Here's the thing I liked. I like that he lives in an old Pullman car that he stole. Yeah, that was cool. A hundred years earlier. I'm, uh, it was was it buried underground? Yes. How did everybody else get in? It wasn't
0: totally buried. That door was... There's a know, hatch. The hatch was available.
1: Yeah, it's fine. I like that you have to enter and leave through a hatch. That's very 80s kid movie cool. <laughs> we were all about hatches. We all just wanted back. hatches and ladders. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, we really liked hidden underground bunkers with hidden... And I was like, <laughs> oh, right, the cold bore.
0: <laughs> so it's tough to really rate this because i thought it was well done i thought the, i thought it was one of the better scott snyder comics in a while
2: mm-hmm.
0: in terms of storytelling and, and action and characters and i love the albuquerque but again i felt the, i spent the whole issue going wait what when did, it, did that happen i don't remember
1: i think that part of the reason that i started moving away from the series in general because it, it a, it was inconsistently released. Yeah. At least it seemed it. I can't remember even long enough. But it started to lose focus for me. Mm. Uh, we started to jump around. Again, I mean, this is a little like what's happening. We were talking about Marvel's numbering. But, like, there were miniseries. And I just, like, just do a series. Do a straight series with numbers. You can jump around. I will use this example because I'll use for everything is, you know, Preacher actually not true those are series. i keep thinking but it but okay mm. if you read the books of preacher they're put into an order if you like i didn't read them in issues so i can't maybe that's a thing but when you read the trades they put them in an order so you get the santa killer stuff in there you get the new orleans sort of miniseries in there. it just reads better like that maybe this reads great in trades maybe how they did that but i don't feel like i have a sense of direction like we can't tell neither of us can tell you what time and when anything took place like i remember when i think back I can see splashes of like, oh, there was stuff that took place in the 30s and there was stuff that took place yeah, there in was. the 50s and, the old and there was modern stuff. I, I just remember like, like, well, what's the story? Like is there a, is there a single driving story? Or are we doing a universe where there are splinters except each of the stories seemed to have the same characters involved. They were Skinner Sweet is in all of them.
0: You know, it would have been nice for an old school comic a you know, roll call page. Yeah. You know, here are the characters and a, a brief two line about them
1: and who they are, where they are right now. I will go even further. You could have put it at the end, because maybe you don't want to spoil sure. the thing for people who do remember. Yeah. Fine. You know, like I get that. Like, oh, we don't. I don't want to. It's like when you watch the credits of a show and it says somebody's name. And you're like, oh, that right. person's coming back. Right. You don't want to have that ruined. I get that. Put it at the end, though. It got to be somewhere. I need. I need. You know, or like, or put a put a URL. You know, like <laughs> go here to get the the thing. Right. Something. Help Tough. us out.
0: So that's. Going to make this tough. American Vampire 1976, number one. Ratings. Ratings on American Vampire 1976, number one out of five. Three. I think three. I was going two and a half of that felt too low, so I think three is the way to go. I think you're right.
1: I think it's a good comic.
0: It was a good comic. It just was confusing for, for various reasons. I was trying to think, well, if this was like the first issue of a v- book you've never heard of before, would this have been successful? But it, w- it wouldn't have been because the, the reveals depended on you knowing who these characters were. You know, like, oh, it's Jim Book. So you're supposed to go, oh, right, Jim. Or the other guy in the middle, the Elvis guy.
1: You know, I generally couldn't remember as who were the vampires and who were the vampire hunters. And right. I think they were all vampires. And yeah. They we're all vampires. And then we were all vampires.
0: Patreon.com slash ifanways. From America. You can go and you can vote, add a book to the rundown. Everyone who's a patron can do that. But if you're a patron at the $5 or higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show as we... Wow, we're way over. Let's thank Mark Driscoll. Mark, you know how like um, a magician will like pull like flowers out of his sleeve and make it look like they've come out of his hand? Yes. Well, Mark doesn't pull out of his sleeve, but he actually does manifest in a magic way. Tissues.
1: <gasps> oh,
0: and now I've, I've, I'm already th- remembering giving a similar power, and that's just the way it is, Chris.
1: Let's not make this about him. I'm not, Chris is, is, is
0: listen, I was just down in his office the other day. I went downstairs, went past uh, Lisa at the front desk, went past the legal team, took a ride at the design team, went over to the analytics team, which Chris heads, and he does a great job there. And everyone in his team loves him.
1: But I'm just saying, <laughs> I I I was just want to say I just I'm impressed. Thank you. That's that if that's a superpower. <laughs> I I might write that down. That was, that was that was lovely.
0: I just saying, sometimes you need a couple of guys who can manifest tissues, and Mark is one of them. Any kind of tissues, uh, the cool the cool ones, the ones that have aloe in them. You, you gotta know. be
1: careful though; those can lead to breakouts. Like sure. it's nice at the time, but you don't do them all. Increases. You
0: don't you don't always, but maybe just the one time because you're really you know raw yeah. on the nose. But like. Or just regular tissues. You just need to wipe something down. You don't need to. Yeah. You don't need a whole production.
1: Premium though.
0: You no, know, they don't fall apart. Right. They can take a lick it and keep on ticking.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Not they're not dollar store tissues. No. 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 Your no, quality. CPH. It's very specific. Mm. It's a very specific one, and I don't even know if he'll get a chance to use it. But if somebody finds the cure for cancer and they lose it, <laughs> this is the guy you want to call. <laughs> he'll find it.
0: Yes, you will. Only the cure for cancer. He won't find any lost item, just a cure for cancer.
1: Ring, ring. CPH here. Ah, <laughs> uh, CPH. <laughs> got a problem. <laughs> I had the cure for cancer, and I lost it. I'll be right over.
0: Wow. So he's got a very specific skill, and he's just waiting for the moment.
1: Well, i tell you what, though. When it, when it is his hour, it's going to be a big deal.
0: So, in reality, the cure for cancer probably won't be discovered in the jungle by Sean Connery. Instead, it's probably somebody's computer. Will wait, have a what, pro- are we, what? What are you referring to? What I'm saying is. This, wait, is there a movie? <laughs> what I'm saying is, <laughs> somebody at MIT will call up. And not MIT, some other, some actual medical place. But that's all I can think of at the moment. It's very early. It will call CPH and go. I accidentally hit backspace. Yes. And lost the screen. And hadn't saved it, CPH will run over and run some magic yeah, on no. the computer, and the their computer will reappear.
1: Well, no, but like if the hard drive dies or right. something.
0: I didn't back yeah, it up. They
1: will.
0: Yeah. <laughs> At this very important medical facility, we don't actually run backups.
1: It's D- data recovery. It's right. all about data recovery,
0: <laughs> but only c- cancer related. Yeah. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Thanks, CPH and Mark. And I'm not going to run through the whole thing because we're long, but patreon.com slash iFanboy is the best place to help. iFanboy.thirdless.com is where you can get merch fanboy.com slash support and fanboy.com slash amazon is where you can go help us directly we thank everyone who does all those things especially as we hit towards the end of the year we appreciate everyone who keeps the show going and we're skipping emails because we're super long but contact at ifanboy.com is where you can email us in and write and get an email on the show we had some really good emails this week so we're looking forward to getting them on the show next week hopefully on a week with fewer comics we want to talk about it's been you know it was nice to have a week where there was like there's more comics to talk about than we have time on the show
2: is
1: which nice. is a
0: nice problem to have. Let's take it sort. home,
1: Josh. Yeah. If, you, uh, if you're like our other shows, the things that we do uh, ancillary to this, I will have just released yep. a talk explode, which is our creator interview podcast with Gene Luen Yang. A lovely, delightful guy is what he is. And I, I say that about a lot of them, but that's because I only want to talk to lovely, delightful people. He just started doing a Shang-Chi series uh, for Marvel. He released Dragon Hoops this year. And uh, it's a wonderful graphic novel.
0: Writer of our... Book of the Year last year, Superman Smashes the Clan. our yep. series of the year.
1: Yep. You know, just a, a really nice conversation with, with a great dude with a ton of talent who has done more than you might remember. Uh, just uh, just fingers all over comics and just all of its sort of thoughtful, nice stuff.
0: A, a certified genius.
1: Certified M- MacArthur Grant genius.
0: we got a lot of shows coming That's up. That's a first for Talksplode. In fact, uh, this month in October, we're going to have a special edition show coming out every single week. It's a big month for shows. So we had Josh's Talksplode. This coming week, we have our Booksplode show in which we talk about Pulp, the original graphic novel from Image Comics, Ed Brubaker, and Sean Phillips. The week after that, we're going to have our Media splode show where I believe the main topic will be Ted Lasso, but we haven't set it up yet. But that's definitely going to be talked about in the show. Regardless. The week after that... that, the Animated Brain Trust is going to discuss Batman, Death, and the Family. So that's four extra shows this month, including the four Pick of the Weeks. And then, if that wasn't enough, October 24th, we're having our monthly hangout. That's open for everybody still because we're still all under lockdown. We missed it in September. We just let it slip through our fingers like the cure for cancer. So to make up for that, our hangout's going to be two hours this month. So October 24th, two hours long. And when you couple that with the two-hour pre-show happy hour hangout, that's four hours... It's actually longer than we did the 7.50 episode, so if you're, you're looking doing at... doing
1: a two-hour hangout ahead of time? Yeah, it's going to be great. I need you to be able to be with I'm it by the time blasted. we get to the actual show. That's... <laughs> the kids like that, but...
0: <laughs> I'm not going to be that... Pla- I can't be that... Pla- I can't, so anyway... We won't the, make it. The point is, four hours of hangout time, October 24th, it's also my birthday, so we're celebrating that as well. Oh yeah, that's why that date looks familiar. We're celebrating my birthday with four hours of hangouts...
1: Can you be eating barbecue while we do oh, the show?
0: Oh, that's a great idea. It is a great idea. Oh. I want sauce all over your face. I was trying to figure out what food because you got to you got to pick a food that's going to absorb some alcohol.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sauce so leading towards pizza, but man, barbecue. There's a barbecue place near me. I wonder if it's open. I'll find Con, out. We
1: we have to wrap this show. You have to have this moment later. I'm i dot com. I'm, I'm. You've introduced the idea of that's barbecue my fault. into my, fault. my head.
0: Ifanboy.com is where you can find all those shows. Again, eight, eight shows plus the Hangout this month in October. Find out where the Pick of the Week is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter or at ifanboycomics on Instagram, which also features the Best of the week in Panels feature. I actually cut a panel out while we were talking because I was like, oh, I, I, I like that panel. I meant to showcase that one. So those will all be uh, Instagram. And then individually, we are at C.S.K.L. Patrick and at J.A. both of only Instagram. That's all only place you can find us. You can find us there. Also, you can subscribe and like our new YouTube page, youtube.com iFanboy. I don't think it's called a page. That's how old we are. I think it is. Keep up to date on old video show uploads. That was unlocked by the patrons. We're uploading all of our old video shows from thirteen years ago. And this past week we had Josh's pick of the week for Hellblazer. Which you is can that go the check bench. Out. No, no, no. That's no. That, that was the mini we talked about Hellblazer. This was Okay, yeah, yeah. We did our picks of the week. And then we had the comic book continuity debate. I believe I was fervently anti-continuity and Ron was pro and you were somewhere in the middle. And then finally, Spotlight on Preacher. We did a whole show about Preacher. So it was very Mm -hmm. much a a vertigo week between Hellblazer and Preacher. But you can find
1: that. I can tell you right now what my thesis was. It's a Western story about friendship.
0: (laughs) YouTube.com slash ifanboy. And then we just uploaded a bunch of episodes to sort of take us through the year to put into the system and there's some great ones coming up so i'll be able to make sure to highlight those as they come out if you haven't checked out those shows if you're new to ifanboy you've never seen our old video shows go to youtube.com slash ifanboy subscribe to make sure you don't miss anything we also put the pick of the week show up there every week as well
1: all right so i'm gonna do this micro machine style all right speaking of old if you dig the show brightest review leave a star rating on apple Podcasts or your podcast better yet still tell your friends about us if you want to mention on social media that's also pretty good too and then you can help spread the ifanboy love that way i am josh and you are connor Thank you. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. That's not political. Do those things. Bye.